With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Tennis.com podcast, and here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Tennis.com podcast. I'm Ed McGrogan, talking with Richard Pagliaro. Uh, we wanted to get in touch with Richard, who covered the Davis Cup final this past weekend in Belgrade. Uh, Czech Republic beating Serbia 3-2. Richard just uh, you know returned a, a day or so ago. Uh, we're just catching up, and good to see he's back here. Um, you know, Rich, so many, I, I doubt hardly any of our listeners have actually been to Serbia or Belgrade specifically. You know, what was your experience in the city? I think it was your first time as well. Yeah, that was my first time there, and uh, I had a good experience. I was really, I felt like home near the hotel. There was like seven pizza places within, you know, two blocks of the hotel, so it was like being in New York where you see a pizza place on every corner. And uh, I, I just came away really impressed because where I live in New York, within, I'd say, three miles, there's probably uh, five to seven public tennis courts, and I didn't see a public tennis court there. Granted, I didn't I didn't travel extensively around the country, but I was really impressed with how they've been able to generate so many top ten players and champions from a place where it seems like it's not easy to, to, to play tennis unless you unless you have some money. And I'm not just saying Serbia. I'm sure a lot of Eastern European countries are like that. So I came away with a, with an even greater respect for their players and where they've been able to come from and where they've been able to go from there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of people, a lot of players in Serbia, specifically Novak Djokovic, have, have pointed to that as this is, you know, such a fortunate, such a great generation of athletes. Um, you know, they won the Davis Cup in 2010, and Djokovic himself said that it was so important to kind of take these op- this rare opportunity uh, that they perhaps the biggest reason, you know, it was a decisive point, of course, is a double point, which went to the Czech Republic's team of literally a two-man team, the whole final of Burdich and Radek Stefanik. And after this tie, even during it, you know, all this focus has been on this doubles drama where Djokovic did not play, um, you know, Burdich, he went, he played the three full days. Djokovic has played, you know, more tennis leading into the final. He's been unbeaten in the fall, but he did not play the doubles tie or doubles rubber. And there's been some back and forth about whether that was his call, whether that was the Serbian team captain's call. You know, being on ground there, what did you hear about it as it was going on um, in the press room and, you know, from the people that you talked to? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. It's like the million-dollar question because you talk to, you know, five different people and you get different interpretations. I asked Djokovic 
the day before that doubles, are you going to play? And he said, you know, we're going to have to wait to see after the singles. We're going to sit down and discuss it as a team and make the best decision. You know, my sense is that they wanted him to play, but they knew that this guy had done an incredibly heavy workload, you know, ending the year 24 consecutive victories and you know Djokovic himself also pointed out look I just got here from London I've only been able to practice twice and neither of those practices were doubles and uh, I think it I think it was a combination of things that he was legitimately he used the word exhausted at least four or five times in the in the interviews I was in with him I think he was really mentally and physically tired I think he didn't feel prepared for the doubles but I think on the opposite side, I think uh, I think Zimenich really wanted him to play because if you if you look at what Zimenich said afterwards, he said, you know, when you're playing a team like Stepanek and, and Berdych, they're probably one of the best in terms of breaking serve. They're one of the best returning doubles teams he's ever faced. So he said, when you go into a match against those two guys, you know before you hit a ball, you're going to lose you. They're going to break you. No matter what, you're going to get broken. And in doubles, the breaks can be so rare. I think that's one of the reasons why he really wanted Djokovic out there, because Djokovic is regarded as the best returner in the world. So he felt like with him, even though he's not a doubles player, he's one of the best singles player in the world, probably the best returner. And I think from his perspective, he felt like, look, the, you know, we all know it's coming down to the doubles. Everybody knew that. Burdick said it. Stepanek said it. Everybody knew the doubles was the swing point. We need our best guy out there. And I think Djokovic just felt like, you know, I'm not ready for that. I'm just fried. I think he felt a little fried physically and mentally, and he just felt like it, it wasn't there. Now, they kind of took the diplomatic the high road. You know, they kind of just said, look, it was a team decision. We all discussed it. We collectively. So nobody said he opted out or that he said yes or no. But, you know, you got the sense they did want him out there. And you can understand why. they. If your choice is him or Elia, and I know Elia, they beat the Bryan brothers. Everyone brought that up. But when they brought that up to Elia, he said... You know, you got to understand that every match is a different match. Every opponent is a different challenge, and it's just a different thing to play a Davis Cup final in front of 15,000 people. I think that's another thing mentally Djokovic has just handled pressure better throughout his career. He's a better player. So, obviously, I think, you know, they, they wanted him out there, but you can understand if he didn't feel like it was right for him. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good point about the pressure at home, too, you know, with, with that previous win over the Bryans. You know, they had, Serbia had clearly nothing to lose at that point. There was, you know, right. hardly any, there was right. hardly any pressure on, it was all house money really at that point. And, right. You know, and you're on the road. Point. You're on the road. You're not at home. It's a different yes. situation. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's a huge thing there. I mean, realistically, and I think you alluded to this in some of your reports is that, you know, per, this, it's a thing where you never know. And this is the, you know, the thing that will be eating at them is, you know, would Djokovic really, in your mind, have even made a difference against Burdich and stuff, and who just continue to got, just and, and and as it goes for you know Zimanjic there, you know I we you and I were were looking at some things that you you, know, you heard there about whether Zimanjic, um, you know, his capabilities in this match because it, it wasn't a good performance even from him with Ilya as well during that. Uh, you know, during that doubles rubber, they, you know, straight set the match, of course, and just not, you know, total worst-case scenario for Serbia on all of the two that did play. 
Yeah, I think I think you're right. If you look at the first sets, they broke uh, Zimenich right out of the box. The first set, and then to start the second set, they broke him. And I, you know, he's he's a former world number one in doubles. He's obviously a fantastic doubles player, seven time Grand Slam champion. But I felt he he was having a little trouble getting down to the low volleys. And Stepanek and Burdich both hit real flat. Stepanek used the front court to drop volleys really well. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't his best, and maybe that was part of the reason Djokovic was a little bit wary. Like, hey, you know, you're the oldest guy out here. You're maybe not playing at the level that you've played previously, and maybe he felt a little bit cornered. Like, I mean, I honestly think if Djokovic went out there, I still think the Czechs would have won that double. They just played too good. They were just too good that match. I think they would have beat just about anybody you know, in doubles in that match. I mean, they deserve to win that match. They just outplayed him, and he said that after. He said they beat us in every aspect of the game. That was his exact quote. Yeah. Um, you know, in your opinion, you know, does Djokovic, you know, he finishes the year 24-0 on this run, but in some ways, he, you know, this is kind of the last lasting memory for him is really this shortcoming by Serbia. You know, does he in any way come out of this as sour or looking bad in your opinion despite, you know, winning twice here? And, and, you know, you also, I think, heard some things on the ground, you know, whether or not, I think you heard just some stories about really some of the things that Djokovic, um, his connection to Stepanek is a good friend of his and, and how that sort of dates back to what the Stepanek's really ire with the entire Serbian team besides Djokovic. You know, how does Djokovic come out of this looking? Richard, you there? Yeah, I just I just lost you there for a minute. I okay, no, the end no, that's fine. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, I just want to uh, just kind of ask, you know, how does Djokovic, in your opinion, come out come out of this Davis Cup final looking, considering his omission and doubles and some of his, you know, comments. Um, you know, just upon the whole thing, you know, what's what's your takeaway? You know, it's 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 a complex situation. There's a lot of layers to it. I to me, I think he comes out, you know, tennis wise, he comes out looking really good for next year because he ends the year on a 24 match winning streak. Here's a top 10 player in Burdich who he, you know, basically schooled him. That la- I mean, the last set was was a breaker, but he basically took it to him and he was you know, maybe not physically as fresh as he could have been. I think the question from some of the guys on the team was, I think with Djokovic, his kind of outlook is like, look, if someone's my friend, they're my friend. You know, whatever nationality, whatever your beliefs are, if you're my friend, you're a friend, and I'm not going to let... You know, he could separate the professional from the personal, and I think that's an admirable quality that he can do that. I think there was a pressure because the... You know, the vitriol between Tipsarovic and Stepanek, they really don't like each other. And, uh, you know, you saw that the cap, the Serbian captain, the very last answer he gave, he did a very good job giving, you know, really backing up his guys, really supporting his team. And at the end, you could see the frustration boil over that they really don't like Stepanek and they really didn't appreciate what went down in Prague. That was only a year ago, but there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of ill will toward him. So I think that was a little, that maybe played a little bit, not just that Djokovic didn't play the doubles, but just like, dude, why do you still have a relationship with this guy after everything that happened? And I think from Djokovic's perspective, it's like, 
you know, I can have a professional relationship with somebody. He could separate the two, and I, and I think that may be just a little bit two different ways of looking at it. But I think he comes out, you know, look, the guy's not Superman. He's a, he's a hell of a player, but you can't expect him to do it all. And double, he's not a doubles player. I mean, yeah, sure, you, I wanted to see him out there. I think a lot of people wanted to see him out there. But like I said, I don't think... I don't think it would have made a difference. And the other thing with Djokovic is he did not lose a match this whole Davis Cup year. So you take him out of there, you don't have a chance to get to the finals. So I think you have to look at what he contributed and what he did. And he, you know, a lot may, you know, if that tie hadn't been in Belgrade, if if it had been on the road, some people said, do you think he would have played? Yeah, I think he would have played. I just think that. He, I think it was a lot of factors going in, the fatigue, you know, the long run, the winning streak, and that he felt a little bit burdened by, like, you know, you guys are basically asking me to carry this whole load on my shoulders, and I I just don't know if I have it right now, physically and emotionally. Right. And emotionally. Yeah. But from his perspective, he did his job. He went there. He won every match. He did it in straight sets. He beat two, you know, really tough players, and he did what he had to do. He just, they wanted him to go above and beyond and carry the doubles, and he wasn't, he wasn't able to do that, you know. So yeah. I, I think even yeah. if he played, I don't think it would have made a difference. I really don't. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, might be the bottom line there. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, it was, you know, the final overall, uh, to kind of put a closure on this, you know, it was one of those rare sporting events where, you know, literally everything went as you had sketched it out before the tie, you know. Right. The perception was Djokovic wins his two matches, um, Radjevic loses his two matches, comes down the doubles. And it, and so much so that all five matches were actually straight set results. Straight sets, yeah. Never happened before, so it was, you know, was it... Was I certainly wasn't the most compelling Davis Cup final for that reason. I mean, I think you might have a, a different perspective, or a perspective actually being there, but from a pure dramatic point of view, just kind of a little bit of a letdown with the way things turned out, even though, you know, that's how we thought they would turn out. Just, uh, you know, it was just exactly as, uh, as planned. And, you know, let's, let's end with the Czech Republic here, the champions, sort of on a, a different note. You know, the story obviously was that Stefanik clinched the Davis Cup in back-to-back years. Just a, you know, a, a remarkable stat that you could probably not see repeated, you know, in two lifetimes. Um, you know, the other thing, the other flip side of that is that Burdich actually failed to win the Davis Cup two years in a row. He loses the fourth rubber twice, last year to Ferrer, this year to Djokovic. You know, any thoughts on Burdich? We've talked a lot about Stefanik, and I think deservedly so. You know, how did Burdich, uh, how did Burdich look? I, I really was surprised, even though he played the doubles, that he did not give more resistance on Sunday. Yeah, I think that matchup with Djokovic is always going to be problematic for Burdich, especially on a hard court. He's never beaten him on a hard court. I think he's 0-13 now at... Uh, you know, I just think it's a bad matchup for a variety of reasons, including the movement, the fact that Djokovic can play more spins, he's better on the run.